You're listening to The Jim Laird Show on Body IO FM, where health and performance collide with your host, Jim Laird. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Jim Laird Show brought to you by Body IO FM. I am your host, Jim Laird. <clears throat> I'm super excited today because I have a glass of Malbec right here with me and some shrimp and some mushrooms and some bacon and two of the members of my ladies lifting team, Miss Rachel and uh, Danielle, other known as D. And uh, <clears throat> I'm excited for today's shows because it's going to help a lot of people, especially um, a lot of ladies listening to this show. Uh, Rachel has a really cool story, a transformation story that I think is going to help a lot of people. Excuse me, I've got a little wine, a little wine indigestion going on. So we're drinking wine today because Rachel needed to take the edge off a little bit. She's uh, not really big into the uh, public speaking thing, so to speak. So that being said, um, Rachel, Yes. How are you today? I'm good. Make sure you speak into the microphone. Okay. Scoot up. There you go. And speak nice and loud. So, Rachel, why don't you – I'll just give you a little background. Rachel is a pharmacist. Is that correct? Uh-huh. She has three children. Correct. Four, including her husband. <laughs> um, he's a good dude. I've met him. And uh, Rachel came to me, what, three years ago? Three years ago. Three years ago. Why don't you set us up? Uh, Rachel's a super busy person, got kids running them all over the earth. She's got a couple really good athletes. Um, she's running them to silks and all over the place. Plus, she's working like two jobs, 30 jobs, two right now, two. You had three when you used started, to be three, right? used yes. to be three. Okay. So start us off, um, kind of give us before we met, like what was going on in your life and what, what, and why you ended up coming to see me. Well, I was never athletic or into any type of sports. Even though school. she's very athletic. Not really. I you was are. a cheerleader in high You're school. You're pretty athletic. That was about it. Um, after my third child, about a year after having her, I realized that I was going to have to start doing something or I was going to continue gaining weight. The weight from the three pregnancies was not coming off easily. Um, so about a year after that, I started um, doing a boot camp at five o'clock in the morning Um about four days a week, which meant I had to get up at 4.30. And what time were you going to bed? Oh, <clears throat> I don't know. Probably 10.30, 11. Which means 12. <laughs> um, so I was getting up really early in the morning because I figured that was the only time that it would work for me, my schedule with three kids working three jobs at the time um, to fit in exercise. So um, I went to boot camp. And after a couple of years of that, I initially lost a little bit of weight at first. Um, but after about a year and a half, I started gaining weight. Um, and at the time, my trainer, uh, her solution was for me to do more cardio. So we factored in some uh, intervals on the treadmill. Some days I would actually train at 5 o'clock in the morning and come back in the afternoons after work and train with a second session. Um, and I just continued and continued to gain weight. How long did you do that for? I did that for three years. Jesus. Excuse yeah. my language. Yeah. Uh, so finally one day I woke up 
and I physically and mentally could not go to class anymore. Like, not only was I exhausted, but like mentally, my brain, I could not. Class or work? No, class to to the exercise class. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, no, clarifying the exercise that. classes. Yeah. So, um, I took a break for about a month, and then was randomly just talking to a friend um, who. I had a mutual friend with who mentioned that she had recently joined a powerlifting team at Jim Laird. And I was like, oh, that sounds like fun. That sounds like something I would like to do. How did you feel after you took that month off break? Did you feel better? I did feel better. Okay. Um, And I think I may have actually lost weight. Mm -hmm. And one interesting thing is when I would go on vacation during that period of working out um, at 5 o'clock in the morning four days a week, I would lose weight. Right. While I was on vacation. Yeah. And where would you, you'd go to the beach, right? The beach. The Vegas. lake. Yeah. Yeah. Vegas. Okay. Cool. <laughs> so you met this, this, uh, this lady. Mm-hmm. She referred you to me. And what do you remember about the first time we met? Oh, I thought you were crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what did I tell you after we met? You told me that I needed to chill the F out. Yes. It was the very first With a thing, capital F. was the very first thing Jim said to me. And I was like, what is he talking about? Yes. He's crazy. So Rachel came to me, you know, typical. This I see this um, all the time. Like I would say, and I've even got people in my gym that are currently training me, been training with me a long time and train hard. And the reason that they aren't getting anywhere is because they're not taking care of themselves. And you've got somebody who's working three jobs, got three kids. And is literally, you know, getting up at, you know, had to be there at five, didn't you? Yeah. Getting to be at there at five. So that means you had to get there at four thirty. So say she does get in bed at 11, that's 12, one, two, three, four, like what? Five hours sleep a yeah. night if you're lucky. Yeah. Um, and just, you know, what was your diet like at the time? Oh, not good. Vacuum cleaner. I was hungry all the time. Yeah. No, yeah. no kidding. Well, you're running from a bear that didn't exist. Um, and then doing high intensity, uh, workouts. So basically just zapping all of her hormones. Uh, what did your kids call you? Mean mommy. Mean mommy. Okay. So I talked to Rachel and I said, look, you know, we got to learn how to like chill out a little bit. You need to train three days a week. We started her, um, she showed interest in the powerlifting team. So we started doing some lifting, um, three days a week. And I remember Rachel coming to me and saying, um, what do I do with my free time? And I was like, play with your kids, like go on a date with your husband, uh, go for a walk outside, anything, you know, but exercise, you know, cause you were spending how many hours? So that's what, like twice a day, some days. Yeah. So like four sessions a week for an hour. Right. Yeah. And then another probably three sessions a week for an hour. So like seven hours a week. Probably. That's a lot of time. Um, so typical. And so when you first started, <clears throat> I think, you know, having the group of ladies that were there probably helped a little bit. But what was – how hard was it for you to go from um, working out every single day to working out three days a week? How hard was that for you? It was an adjustment mentally, just trying to trust the process um, and realize that doing less was actually more. So I found myself wanting to do more, even though Jim was telling me not to. So that was an adjustment. Um, I do remember after the very first workout I did with him, he told me to lay down on the floor and try to go to sleep. And I was like, <laughs> what? 
talking about? Yeah, we did some like crocodile breathing, which is where you lay on your belly, you put a pillow under your belly, and you just get get them to believe and relax and try and shut down this like highly alert and state and get them to relax so they can go home and go to sleep. Um, and so we we do that with a lot of people after we're done working with them. And sometimes we do it before because people are coming in here with their hair on fire and they're running around like a chicken with their head cut off. So get them kind of get present. That wine's really hitting me. <laughs> um. Well, then that was probably the first time I had like stopped in three years and just like yeah laid like, down yeah yeah and so relaxed for a minute. Yeah, it felt good, didn't it? Yeah, it yeah, weird. It did. So um, basically, you know. How, did you did you have any kind of struggle with like you know reducing your and here's the thing like we went she went from high intensity hit sessions where everything was like basically you would just train until you could barely function right oh yeah and it was all high intensity stuff and we were doing more lifting type stuff um and you know that's a big thing that people don't realize is you can't train the same way all the time if you lift all the time you're going to adapt to that. If you do high intensity work all the time, you're going to adapt to that. So you got to kind of change it up. And the thing is, is most girls are not strong enough to put in like a total effort when they do do conditioning. So they, they kind of just breeze through it and then it's high intensity and then they can't stop eating. Um, so changing, you know, we go through seasons where we're getting ready for a meet and then we'll switch to like what we're doing right now, which is more off season, which is a combination of like bodybuilding and some athletic and some strong girl stuff. Um, so constantly doing the same thing all the time is just going to make you more efficient, is going to make you quote unquote burn less calories. But the big problem Rachel was having is she was taking all of her hormones that she was producing and using them to basically run from a bear that didn't exist. And she didn't have any energy to like do anything in her life. Um, you know, like her kids called her mean mommy. So how long did it take you once you started training with me before you started like feeling better and before you kind of bought into like getting your ass in bed? Cause I'm sure we talked about sleep. Um, I mean, probably a good three to six months before I really started thinking, Oh, this is, this is working. Right. Did you I'm struggle in that time that, you know, obviously you'd put three years into that. Uh, the, the time before. So when you went into it, did you think like, I'm going to give this a year or I'm going to give this six months or this dude's freaking lost his mind. Um, you know, I'm going to fire him and I'm going to go somewhere else. I didn't really have like a time frame set. Um, but I did struggle with, with wanting to do more when I was home, wanting to hop on the treadmill, wanting to do something extra. But then also I would see the other girls there at the gym that right. were on the powerlifting team and I would see how they looked and I would be like, I have to trust this process. Like right. if I want to look like them. Right. So. Well, I, and like, you know, examples like Suzanne, Suzanne yeah. was a, you know, crazy marathon type runner. And, you know, ha I think having that support team probably, and they're good. I mean, they're really fun people to be around. I mean, I can be irritable, but um, most of the girls we have here are super fun to be around. So it, it makes you enjoy wanting to come. Um, so I think that probably helped you out a lot, having a community of ladies to laugh and goof around with and stuff like that. Absolutely. So when did it really – when did you really – you said it about six months to really buy in. Um, and then you started losing a little bit of body fat. I hate to use the word weight. And you started to lean out a little bit. And then I think you kind of reached a point where you kind of plateaued, huh? I did. Probably after the first – I lost some weight at first. But after that first year, I think it kind of stalled out um, as far as the weight loss. Yeah. And we had a, a chat and, yes. uh, 
Yes. Well, tell us about your, your first powerlifting meet. Um, how was that for you? That was a scary but fun experience at the same time. You've done how many meets now? Four. Okay. Do you remember what your numbers were in your first meet? Uh, eh. No. No. Probably what? Probably 100? like 240 something deadlift. Okay. 110 bench. Okay. You bench 110 your first meet? 105 or 110. Really? That's good. And nice. then nice. squat was probably like 170 or something. Yeah. Okay. That make that sounds about right. And then what are your numbers? When your last meet, what are your numbers now? So I had a <clears throat> 220 pound squat. Nice. 126 pound bench. Yep. And 303 pound deadlift. Nice. And that's down a weight class. And that was down. So a weight that's class. even, that's even more impressive. So what did we, what did you do to kind of get you past that hump? I'm sure I had the like, you got to sleep more. You got to have, you know, you got to reduce your stress. You got to chill out. What, what kind of changes in your lifestyle did you make, um, to kind of help you with this? Like, did you make some changes in job? Did you, um, like what kind of stuff did you do day to day that was different than what you were doing before? Well, I started paying a little bit more attention to my diet. Mm-hmm. Um, I started doing keto okay. for a while. You did a carb night, didn't you? But yeah, I did. Okay. You're right. Carb backloading. Um, but for a while, I just did keto because okay. you had recommended that. And that worked um, for a while, but then I stalled again. Sure. So I um, – Well, just like with exercise, you know, you got to change your diet up a little bit sometimes and, you know, changes are are good. And then I, I decided I wanted to, like, take the whole nutrition thing to, like, the next level. So I decided to hire a nutritionist to help me Okay. Um, start focusing in on macros. Mm-hmm. Um, and paying a lot more attention to my diet. Mm-hmm. Um, in addition to the sleep, getting more sleep, um, I really just in general didn't get stressed out as much over things with that my really kids. That really didn't matter. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Would you get, did you get outside a lot more too? Yes. Yeah. Rachel yes. lives on an incredible, um, like acreage, would you say? Yeah. Slash almost like a farm. Uh, credible property. So, you know, for her getting outside is pretty easy and she lives, she can walk around naked in her backyard if she wants to. <laughs> um, so that, that helps definitely a lot. And wh- what did you learn about your nutrition habits when you, when you hired, you know, someone to help you with that? Did you, what did you learn about that? Oh, I learned I was eating a lot more calories than I realized, yeah. even doing the keto. Were you like a munchy, a munchy person? I would just eat until I was full. Or, or were it you, takes a while. Or were you, you or were you drinking all your calories? <laughs> a little of both, probably. As I drink more, but <laughs> a little of both. Um, Do you want some more wine? I'll take a little bit. Okay, there we go. We're taking a wine break. This is a really good Malbec, by the way. This is. Uh, let me see here. One of my clients got me this for Christmas. Malbec's my favorite, by the way. So if you want to send me a, a bottle of Malbec, the address is three five six Longview Plaza. <laughs> Sweet 150A. I'm half shit faced on one glass of wine. 150A, Lexington, Kentucky, 40503. I don't know. Can you send wine in the mail? Yeah, you can. Yeah, they they did change the law. This is a uh, Biltmore Estate Malbec, um, American Legacy, even though it's made in Argentina. Oh, yeah. So it's made for the Biltmore limited release. One of my clients got me this for Christmas. It was a great Christmas gift. Where were we, by the way? Oh, yeah, what you learned about Um, your diet. Yeah, so I started work, working with Alex mm-hmm. um, Navarro, by the way, and um, started doing the carb backloading, carb night, mm-hmm. and I lost an additional ten pounds. Nice uh, with that diet. Her before and after pictures are great too, by the way. When we we'll put those up with the with the podcast, you can kind of see where she's. You're going to right? Okay. Yes. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> 
Yeah. And so after you transitioned and you started messing around with Carbonite, like what have you – like what are the big – like if if you could go back and give old Rachel – like advice, like what would be, what would you tell somebody that, or are you, and of course, you deal with friends of yours that oh, are yeah. in the same trap. I do have some friends in the same trap, yeah. And, and what do you, what do you try and tell them? That they need to chill out on the cardio. It's too much. Yeah. Well, and just life. Like I think right. the biggest part for you was and sleep. Was sleep life. was a yeah. huge. Like I didn't ever in the past even care about how much sleep I got. So you would describe yourself as like depressed. Um, no energy, no friskiness, no nothing of that sort of nature. Very irritable. Very irritable. No friskiness. Me and mommy. Did, okay. Uh, um, so how long did it take before your kids kind of noticed a difference? Were they like, what's wrong with mom? Mm-hmm. Is she on drugs or what? I don't know. Did they even notice? I think they noticed. Well, I know your husband noticed because yeah, I no. went to your house for dinner and he thanked me. He was like, thank you so much for <laughs> saving my wife from destroying herself. Um, I would be so stressed out in the evenings trying to get everything done for having to get up at 4.30 in the morning Right. that I was just a mess whenever in the evenings when I would have to get, you know, lunches packed, homework done. Right. Well, what, what kind of things did you do to kind of help you with that? Like, how did you – well, part of it, I think, is that you were – because you're not exercising like uh, a crazy fiend, um, you probably are a little more rational and a little more able to make good decisions and be a little more have you have time to actually organize some things. Um, what uh, what kind of what kind of things did you do to help get yourself so that you didn't stress out as much about that stuff? Well, I started trying to do the ten minutes of meditation a day. I okay. downloaded that app that you um, recommended. Yes. Um. So I did that for a while. Sleep. We're getting better. Sleep. Sleep. So the basically more meditation, sleep, yeah. allowed you to make less better decisions, you, you know, less exercise, but but more real work. And, and as more opposed time with to, my kids. Like I would right. make a point to go outside and play soccer with right. my son instead of right. Yeah, I remember Rachel. And I think I mentioned this already. You know, what do I do with all my free time? I like play with your kids. You know, so like really. So I think you know what she's trying to say is is that basically because she was in a better place. She wouldn't get stressed out because she was actually able to organize things and get things done, and she had enough time yes. to, to be able to get organized so that it didn't stress her out. I would agree with and, that, and that really that really kind of helped her go in the right direction. And and uh, it's it's been really fun to get to know Rachel and to see her change over the last three year three years three years three years wow. And um, it's really cool because it, I see this time and time again. And there's so many women out there that are just like Rachel that are working really hard and they think that they have to work even harder. And don't get me wrong. Rachel trains hard. It's just different. It's just a different, you know, we don't go like crazy every single time. I mean, we push pretty hard pretty sometimes, but it's, you know, like today, Rachel was tired. Um, she'd actually trained three days in a row, which we don't really advocate, but. So we backed off a little bit. We, we, we did what she could do. And then, and then we, you know, just because of my, I'm actually going out of town this weekend. So, you know, I have, I have one less day this week that I'm working. So we did a little bit less and that's okay. Um, so, you know, basically it's, it's really sad because the majority of the people that I see, they don't sleep. They're running around the chicken with their head cut off. They're sitting in front of a screen all day inside, never go outside and, they're like, I'm going to, you know, they feel like crap. 
they're exhausted, and I'm going to I'm gonna fix myself by beating myself to death in the gym. I'm going to train like a Navy SEAL, and that's going to burn it off, and it just doesn't work that way. Would that about no. sum it up? Yeah, and I agree. Like, realizing that I have days where I'm just tired, and it's okay that I don't push myself to the max one day, and being okay with that. Right. Um, so, let's talk a little bit about the powerlifting aspect of it. Like, you're, or I'd say, I would rate you as... And this is with a bottle, a glass and a half of wine. I'm <laughs> such, gonna, I'm such, I'm such a lightweight. <laughs> I would rate you as a day to day lifter as like, like Rebecca is like, I'd say a two out of 10 in the gym at a daily basis, maybe a three, four and a half. At the meet, she's like at a 12. Yeah. Okay. I would rate you probably a 4.5 to 6.5 in the gym. Because, like, on squat days and stuff, you're just like, oh, my God, that feels terrible. <laughs> um, and then at the meet, I'd rate you, like, a 12 or a 13, too, because you're, like, a game day to performer. Like, how hard is that for you? Like, this last cycle, like, I know the cycle before you struggled even more. I did. Um, and I think a lot of that is you had a lot going on. And then – and then um, I was sick the week before. You were the sick. And, and then you still had a good day, though. I did. Um, and then you're, you know, you dropped a weight class fairly dramatically and all that sort of thing. But, um, like, how hard is that for you knowing, like, in the gym, like, some days you're like, oh, my God, I didn't, you know, my PR is this and I didn't get this. To, like, underlift in the gym constantly and then you go to the meet and you have, like, what your deadlift was like, a 20, 20-something pound PR? Yeah. And then your your bench was like, would you know, what, 15? 10? No. Five. Five. Well, five's huge for women, uh, five pound PR, but your squat was a, was a decent PR, right? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, how hard is it for you in the gym to have days where you're struggling a little bit and you're like, Oh my God, like, you know, I, I, you know, 195 felt like a, like a brick today. And, you know, my best squat is 205 and, or 190 felt heavy or 170 felt heavy. Like, how hard is that for you to kind of deal with that? And then, and then to do really well at the meet, like, I think it's, you know, what kind of stuff goes through your head when you're struggling during the week, week to week? Um, I think when I first started and after probably that that, sec- that cycle before this last meet um, may have gotten to me a little bit more, but it would, first would kind of get in my head. Mm-hmm. And I had to just like trust Jim saying you're a game day player. That's me. <laughs> and, and trust that he knows what he's talking about because he usually does know what he's talking about. Um, but at first, yeah, definitely it was hard to come in here and have a day where I did really crappy um, and not even, you know, do what I did two or three weeks ago and think that I had a meet coming up. But as I've trained with him more and been here three years, I just trust the process. Um, and I know I'm going to have days that I just don't lift as good. Yeah. As other days. And I'm okay with that now. Yeah. It, it doesn't really bother me as much anymore. That's good. Smart. And well, and I try to preach like the 18% in either direction on any given day. And you're talking about a 300 pound deadlift. I mean, that's a huge amount of weight that you can flux either direction on any given day. Um, what else was I going to mention? Yeah, I, I couldn't wine. even do, this, like, 285 in the gym. Before, like, I couldn't even. Yeah, and then you, like, pulled three, 303 like it was or nothing. Or 280, yeah. Yeah, so um, that that's a hard. But, well, the first, the, the, I think the hardest part with powerlifting, especially when you start getting into, like, three years, like, Suzanne is even crazier because it's six years for her. 
in the beginning, the gains are insane. Like you're all of a sudden your squat's gone from 135 to 185 and then you start getting over 200. You start, you know, and all of a sudden it's like you're making these little tiny jump, like these little tiny PRs. The first three or four meet, like the first two or three, four meets, you make these massive increases, especially if you've never lifted before. The hard part is when you start getting into that third and that fourth and that fifth year, and all of a sudden, like things, you're not having 30 pound, 40 pound PRs anymore. And that, that really kind of starts to mess with people's heads. Yeah. So, um, what are we going to talk about now? I don't know. This wine's really good. <laughs> what, um, so now that you're kind of like, I'd say, are you pretty happy with where your physique is now? I'm pretty happy, yes, but I got a little bit more tweaking to do. Oh, really? Yeah. Like what? Uh, you look a great. More. My legs still... to be a little bit bigger. Oh, uh, you want your legs bigger? Bigger. Okay, yes. so more squats. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, when you're screaming next week from all the squats you're doing, you can thank me for that. But no, I look back at my before pictures and realize how far I've, I've came. So good. Yeah. Awesome. Well, so. What advice would you give to busy moms that are like you out there? Like, what would you tell, uh, you know, women out there that are like, you know, they got kids and they got a job and they got all this stuff. Like, what would be your main message to them as far as like self-care and and some some words of advice you would give to them on how to get themselves in a better place? Um, Sleep, make sleep a priority, I think is the number one. Um, that's it. No, I've got more. (laughs) Do you need to drink more wine? (laughs) Sleep. Um, less is actually more. I mean, Jim's motto, rest more. And that's totally true in, in my case, because I'm, I'm resting way more than I ever have. And then the side effect of that is you're able to do more in the limited time that you're training. Yeah. And that's the thing that people don't understand. When I say rest more, that doesn't mean like you sit on your ass and like don't do anything. That means that you sleep and you eat and you walk and you do the stuff you need to do. And when you train, you train hard and then you shut off and you chill. You rest hard so you can train hard. And that, that's a lot of people think that, you know, resting more means that you're not going to train hard. The opposite's true. The better you rest, the better you sleep, but you want to train within your ability to recover. And that changes daily. So, you know, that's the cool thing I think I have with the ladies that I work with is most of them get it now. Uh, some of them it's taken years to kind of get, but most of them will come in and say, Hey, I'm not, I'm not having a great day. Most, most of the time I can figure it out. Like when I'm watching them warm up and stuff and I'm watching them, how they interact with each other, I can figure out I'm like, eh, it's not what, it's not a good day today, you know? <laughs> and, and I leave a lot of wiggle room in the programming. I'm like, okay, we're going to do triples today. Or we're going to do fives today. Or we're going to do singles today. And I know kind of where we want to go, and then I kind of adjust on the fly. If they look good, we'll do more. And if they don't look good, then I'll be like, yeah, well, we probably need to stay there. Like um, today with my track. Right, like today. Well, like we're going to do three <laughs> sets instead of four, and then we're going to drag a little less weight than we did today. And we, we're doing a lot of volume right now too, which also kind of kicks the crap out of you a little bit more. And D's like, yeah, uh, yeah I hate the off season. D's like, give me singles all day. <laughs> all day. D would do a powerlifting meet every day if she could, wouldn't you, D? <laughs> I would. You would, yeah. Would. So, well, I think um, I think that's about it, right? 
Do we need to talk so. about anything else? Do you want to promote anything? No. No? You don't have anything to promote? Mm-mm. Okay. Cool. We can give your address and have people send you checks. No? Okay. Well, bottom line is, is people could help you with your hair. Tell them about that. You guys like travel all the way. <laughs> this is cool. These two, the two, I'm, I'm with two really attractive curly haired brunettes. And, um, how bad's the humidity for you? Some days I just don't even try. Oh. There's no hope. The no hope. No. Okay. There's no amount of product. That's well, the I good hope. thing is, is like your hair looks great when it's all frizzy. So that's good. Thanks. So tell, tell us about you guys <laughs> and your hairdresser. Well, you want me to? Sure. So, make sure you kind of a long, short story. Um, I moved to Lexington, and my mom was a hairdresser for a really long time, and um, she went back to nursing, so she just didn't have the time to do my hair. So, I was on a journey to find a hairdresser, and any woman knows that that is one of the biggest things in your life is finding somebody you're comfortable with to do your hair. Long story short, Went to hairdresser here. She completely messed up my hair. It took a year to fix it. So I was even more determined to find somebody. And uh, thankfully for Instagram, I found a salon called Evan Joseph Salon in Columbus, Ohio, yeah. three hours away. Maybe a little more than three hours. Away. Yeah, depending on traffic. Yeah. So, But yeah, went up there and they were amazing. I love my hair. And so when I went, I came back and I told Rachel, I was like, you have to go yeah. to Columbus and get your hair done. Yeah. So, so we drive like three, three and a half hours yeah. to have our naturally curly hair cut correctly twice, twice a year. Yeah. Wow. And most people in Columbus is known for like West Side Barbell, but now it's known for like the curly <laughs> hair capital of the United States. So that's kind of a funny little uh, fact. But um, you know, Rachel, thank you for coming on and sharing your story. You're welcome. Um, I really hope like if you know somebody that's like banging their head against the wall repeatedly that you would share this with them. You know, a lot of times all you got to do is like turn the doorknob and open the door and walk through it. So many people out there are just absolutely destroying themselves. They're working, you know, how many hours a day are you working? How many hours a week were you working? I was working three jobs. I don't even know. You don't even know? Like say 50 hours a week? Yeah, on average 50 or more. So here's poor Rachel working 50 hours a week, doing seven hours of workouts a week. Um. And then the, you know, the person she was working, yeah, gaining weight. (laughs) And the person that she was working with, her answer is to do more. Like, really? Like, what, what else? Don't break the wine opener. (laughs) Like, really? Like, your answer is to do more. Like, how much more could this poor woman do? Um, and luckily she, you know, and that's the, the thing, you know, when you're in a bad situation, like me with my ulcerative colitis or, with some of the health issues that I've you know run into, when you run into adversity, that forces you to kind of like explore and figure out different options. And I'm very grateful that I was able to play a small part in you know pointing Rachel in the right direction. And I'm really proud of 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 what she's accomplished. And um, you know I'm very grateful that I have such a great friend in Rachel. And also you know for all the girls that uh, they're all you know really good friends of mine. Um, so. You know, thank you, Rachel, for for coming on today. And, and please, if you know somebody that's like destroying themselves, um, you know, please share this so they can get the word out that like, look, you know, if you sleep and you eat well and you train uh, hard but not excessively, you can have some pretty phenomenal results. And you'll see by Rachel's before and afters. And this is something you can do for the rest of your life. If you're like killing yourself and working out twice a day, that is not sustainable. 
Like you cannot do that. So we need to find something like what Rachel's doing right now. She could probably do for the rest of her life. And that's exactly what we want to do. So that's what I plan on doing. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm moving to Mexico. You're going with me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just teasing. Well, thanks for tuning in to another edition of the Jim Laird show brought to you by body. I think I'm going to have to Uber home (laughs) after like a glass and a half of wine. I should probably drink more often on the show. It's a little more entertaining that way, right? Rachel and I were uh, discussing, you know, after I record a show, I always go back and listen to it because there's always, you know, things that you leave out or you you forget, you know, especially when you're having a glass of wine. Um, so it's, it's several days after the show. Um, it's a Tuesday morning, and uh, Rachel and I had, had talked about a couple factors that I think were pretty, pretty big to help her get going in the direction that she needed to go, um, that were kind of left out. And so I'll, uh, I'll add those. And then I'll also talk about how I approach somebody like Rachel when they come in, because the majority of the people I see, especially women are neg- neglecting their self care. Um, I mean, they're just, not taking care of themselves before they take care of other people and they're overwhelmed. So I'll kind of talk about the strategies I use when dealing with people like that. Cause the majority of the people I'm dealing with are dealing with that situation. They're, you know, they're working, they're busy, they're running around like a chicken with their head cut off. And then they think adding more activity to that is going to fix their issue. And, and it very rarely seldom works. So, uh, one of the things that Rachel, when I, when I, somebody comes in with me, I, I, with a woman that's especially, you know, um, trying to lose body fat or when I do an orientation, I'm asking like, what kind of meds are you on with elderly people? I ask them if they're on a statin. Um, it's cause if they're coming to me cause they're hurting, uh, knees hurt, back hurts, you know, that's a huge part of pain. Now I'm not a doctor, so I don't tell people what to do, but I educate them. Hey, did you know this was a, a, a significant side effect of being on a statin? With women that are trying to lose body fat, if they're on birth control or depo or, you know, especially depo is a horrible one, but if they're on a hormonal form of birth control, that's going to affect their ability to lose body fat. So that's one of the factors I talk about. Um, I'm looking for low hanging fruit. So Rachel, one of the, the things Rachel did was kind of educate herself. She's a pharmacist kind of looked into it and she's gone to a non-hormonal form of birth control that works for her. So she thought that was, uh, important in, uh, in, in her transformation process. And then also, uh, getting herself in a better place, uh, health wise. So that was something that she left out. She also works with, uh, after Alex, uh, Navarro had her child, she wasn't as available for coaching, so she works with a, a lady named uh, Mary Mary Jordan uh, Wood, who uh, has a, a company called Rise Nutrition. And Rachel feels that having someone to tweak her her dietary plan and keep her accountable is is key to her success. And you know, Rachel, generally speaking, eats lower carbs, a little less calories on the days she doesn't train. On the day she trains, she eats a little more carbs. Pretty simple. But she, you know, she's very mindful now of her eating habits as before when she was destroying herself, she was just inhaling. You know, that's one of the problems when you're doing a lot of high intensity boot camp type stuff. You just eat and eat and eat spinning type stuff. You, you know, if you're doing that four or five times a week, your appetite is just ravenous. 
So um, I find that when you strength train, um, you know, you tend to be a little more mindful of, of what you're eating, which is a, which is huge. So when somebody like Rachel comes to me, I sit down and I, I ask them how I can help them and what's been going on. And, and, and I educate them on the entire process of self-care, the whole rest more that I've got written on the wall. Talk about a human being as an organism and how all these different factors um, contribute to the health of that organism. And, um, you know, we want to get the organism as healthy as possible so that we can get it in a good place and how the organism is constantly changing and adapting to the current environment. And I look for low hanging fruit like birth control. If their goal is body fat loss, like birth control, like, uh, going outside. If they're, you know, if they're an indoor zoo animal creature, getting them outside, especially in the mornings. Um, you know, if they're running around like a chick with their head cut off talking about stress management, I use the analogy of, you know, if you're on an airplane and what do they tell you? The mask drops, put it on yourself before you put it somebody else. Cause if you pass out, you can't help that other person. So you take care of yourself first. Then you put on the mask on somebody else. And then talked about always talk about exercise and about how it's, it's positive. It can be positive or negative. If you're in a bad place and you crush yourself, you're actually digging the hole deeper. If you're in a bad place and you do some restorative type workout, walking, yoga, Tai Chi, those type of things, not, not like hot yoga, like more of a restorative yoga, moving around, walking, you know, sleep, all these things help us bring us back to a good place so we can train hard and adapt. Um, and, and then I look for things like, I don't, you know, this was a three year process with Rachel. My number one concern was getting her on a rational strength training program that wasn't kicking the crap out of her. Um, when you take somebody who's been beating themselves to death for a long time, especially when they're doing very one dimensional training, that's intensity oriented, um, hit, you know, type oriented, they become very one dimensional. Um, they get in this high alert, high stress state and they can't really relax and, and shut off. So building capacity is a big part of what I want to do in the beginning. And I know that if a dollar training back, like Rachel talked about how, when she went on vacation, um, you know, or she took breaks, she would actually lose weight. You know, most of that would be water, uh, from inflammation or stress response. So she would look better and feel better anytime she would take time off the gym. So I know that if I'm working with somebody who's been beating themselves to death, just by, adjusting their intensity and bringing it down to a more manageable level is going to help them improve. And then I remember Rachel started feeling better and then she started losing some body fat and then she reached a plateau. And that's when we started talking about, okay, maybe what you need to do like a, a keto reset for a week. And then she started, you know, talking with Alex and doing some carb night and some carb backloading. And then she came back to me again and said, Hey, I've gotten a lot better, but this is where I want to go. And then we started talking about, you know, stress management and really, you know, meditation and really focusing on that aspect of self-care. And she did that. And then she started tweaking more things with her diet and really started focusing on sleep. And she got herself an aura ring so she could track her sleep and, and that helped keep her accountable. So this is a process. You want to pick, you know, with some people just adding water and protein, more protein to their diet and getting them walking outside might be all they need or some, someone improving their sleep and it might get them into a better place. So you want to pick like the low hanging fruit first, establish habits. And then as time goes on, you start educating and start, you know, 
telling, you know, changing strategy as time goes on. Cause you're constantly going to have to change strategy. And then you have to also educate women, particularly that different times of the year, like, you know, in the fall, biologically we're designed to store more body fat so we can survive winter. I mean, obviously we're not, our current life isn't set up like that, but that's the way getting people to understand that you're going to fluctuate between leanness and having a little extra body fat and that a lot of that is normal and that's okay. Uh, and, and then, you know, educating people on like finding a, a place where their body is happy and that might not necessarily be the cover of women's health or oxygen magazine or Victoria's secret for some people, um, figuring out what's a good balance between what they want and, and what their body can handle. Some people run, I got some girls that run super lean. They got abs year round, you know, they have a baby and, and four weeks later they got abs again. And then I got other women who just run a little more uh, curvy. So I'd say, and for them getting super lean is just going to destroy them. So, you know, it's, it's very individual and getting the person to become comfortable in their own skin and be the best version of themselves is a huge process, but this takes time and you got to give people in the beginning something they can handle. But I think painting a picture of the overall philosophy of the, what you're doing in the training system and then having a support system of other clients who've gone through the same thing to kind of, um, um, help, you know, comfort them and, and, and provide reassurance to them, um, as they're struggling through this. Um, you know, it's not a, it's not a straight line progression. It's there's ups and downs and arounds. And, and that's the hardest thing is, is reminding people like, you're going to have good days. You're going to have bad days. Um, just like in anything else in business, there's going to be ups and downs. And, you know, you just, you know, John Wellborn once said, you know, training, I'd say life in general is like shoveling a huge pile of dirt. You know, some days you're going to like shovel a tiny bit of dirt. Other days you're going to shovel two or three scoops. Other days you're going to shovel a ton. Um, as long as you're moving some dirt to go in the direction of where you're trying to go. Um, and, you know, defining what the overall goal is, if it's look good and feel good, you know, most people, for some reason in our culture, most people are willing to just add more activity and neglect the lifestyle stuff. When, if you put more effort into the sleep, the getting outside, the self-care, the relaxation, the training part almost becomes a bonus, a secondary issue. Most people, if they got outside, became more connected with nature, uh, became more mindful, um, took stress management seriously, wouldn't really have to exercise that hard to get in a decent place. But we've kind of got it, you know, we, we get coaches out there and I think it's better, gotten better as people have gotten more educated. But, you know, somebody comes to a trainer and they go, well, I want to lose body fat. Well, the first thing they offer is intensity. And many times, you know, that might work in the beginning for a short period of time. But if that's your only tool, that tool eventually is not going to work. So um, providing a strategy that is sustainable, because um, if you're focusing on sleep and you're focusing on uh, self-care and nutrition, those are things you can do for the rest of your life that are going to enhance your life overall and your overall health. Whereas if you're just using exercise to try and fix a lifestyle problem, it's not going to end well for most people. So there's kind of the way I approach things and it's an educational thing. And a lot of times people, you know, like Rachel had to hit a wall and had to literally get to the point where she couldn't get out of bed before she looked for an alternative. 
And that's just human nature, like myself. You know, I almost had to bleed to death from ulcerative colitis for me to learn that I needed to take better care of myself. Um, so a lot of times people have to hit a wall. And, you know, when you're a coach and someone comes to you for help, you have to realize that not all people are ready um, to make the, the changes that are necessary. And some of them need to crash and burn before they're they're actually willing to try some new things. And so, um, yeah. I hope you enjoyed this show and um, interested to get your feedback on this. And I, and I hope, I hope that, um, you know, you share this with your friends that, that might, there's a lot of women out there and guys too, but that are really, really struggling with, you know, not getting what they want uh, and working so hard and they're so miserable and they're so exhausted um, when all they need to do is take care of themselves. So hopefully this show uh, helped a lot of people. My, my hats off for Rachel for doing the podcast. She'd never done anything like that before. I thought she did a fantastic job. Uh, it takes a lot of courage to, to come on here and, you know, talk to potentially thousands of people. So once again, thanks for listening to another edition of the Jim Laird show brought to you by a body IOFM. Uh, please continue to support Kiefer so I can continue to do the show. Have an outstanding day. You've been listening to The Jim Laird Show with your host, Jim Laird. If you'd like to hear more, log on to body.io. Don't miss the next episode of The Jim Laird Show when he'll probably say something inappropriate but unexpectedly insightful. (laughs) 